Welcome to the Commerce Talks podcast, Josue. Uh, today we are talking about uh, uh, toothpaste, if I have to wrap it up like in one keyword. Uh, you're representing uh, um, the, um, uh, the e-commerce and global supply chain side of Colgate Palmolive, uh, which is a super interesting uh, brand when it comes to digital transformation and to earnings. We will come to that uh, in a minute. But please introduce yourself uh, and uh, Colgate Palmolive um, so our listeners know what they are talking about or what we are talking about. Absolutely. Thank you, Alex, uh, for having me here. Yes, uh, so uh, Josue Munoz, uh, originally uh, from Colombia. I'm uh, the head of uh, global e-commerce uh, for our global supply chain in Colgate Palmolive, a company that's been around the world for more than 200 years. And uh, with many, many brands, uh, not only uh, Colgate, uh, our, our, our most important brand, and our toothpaste around the world, but we also participate in, in uh, categories of skin health, uh, home care, uh, pet nutrition. And, um, and so we have operations in more than 200 countries around the world. And of course, uh, being around for more than 200 years, uh, uh, it is a constant evolution. And uh, And we have been traditionally a fast-mover consumer goods company, always going and reaching our consumer through wholesalers, distributors, and, and retailers. Uh, but uh, uh, 10 years ago, we also got into the bandwagon of e-commerce. And so uh, working with all the digital commerce retailers and starting our own uh, direct-to-consumer operation and, uh, and, and growing very fast, as this is one of the fastest-growing retail environments in which we compete. Yeah, so so I, I just opened up the the latest uh, investor report because you're you're a listed company and it's it's very impressive number number one in market share when it comes to toothpaste. Let's talk about this market first because it seems to be very interesting. Uh, one I, I would guess none of our listeners uh, can can uh, do have a, a number in mind uh, to describe the sheer size of this uh, market. Uh, uh, 17.4 billion in worldwide net sales. And the number I was impressed most by was 59 consecutive years of dividend increases. Years, not quarters. So that is, uh, um, that is, th that is a tremendous, um, success, especially at this kind of times we are, uh, uh, we are, we are in. Uh, let's start maybe with the toothpaste market. I think that is like, 40 plus percent of your uh, of your revenue is in the toothpaste uh, uh, market so how did it come so how can you can you dominate this market well uh it's uh, it's uh we, we we as i said uh, 200 years around the world expanding globally so many regions of the world where we were the first uh, uh toothpaste to be launched uh and, and it's interesting there's places around the world where The word for toothpaste is Colgate. So when somebody goes into a store and asks for, for a toothpaste, they don't say, give me a toothpaste, give me a Colgate, which uh, provides us with, with, with a lot of strength. Of course, innovation, constant innovation, uh, constant launching of new products, understanding of the consumer, a tremendous amount of research and development to make sure that we are providing the best formulas uh, that, uh, that uh, are geared to satisfying consumer needs. Uh, the best therapeutic uh, toothpaste around the world. Uh, and so that is what allows us to maintain our leadership. We are the brand that is present uh, in most homes uh, around the world. So the penetration of Colgate is huge, and, 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 and we strive to maintain that by constant innovation and constant understanding of consumer needs and satisfying those needs through our brand. 
Yeah. So so I think in the internet meme uh, industry, this kind of flossing thing became really a meme. So do you floss or the, or, or are your teeth falling out? Um, is do we have like reached the same standard when it comes to uh, uh, teeth cleaning on a on a global level? So is it or is it like a Western world phenomena or is it is it handled in different way in the Asia world? Well, the the, the 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 brushing practices around the world are different, but uh, I would say that everywhere around the world, uh, people brush their teeth. Uh, the frequency of brushing your teeth is not at the level that it should be. You should brush your teeth two to three times a day. And we find many places of the world where this does not happen. Uh, and again, part of our of 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 what we do is education. A tremendous uh, work around the world in educating ch children about oral health and brushing habits. And, uh, and our Bright Smiles, Bright Futures program around the world does it. Going to schools in, in the most poor regions in Africa, Asia, and educating children to brush their teeth because it is important. And we know that good dental hygiene is a, an important component of overall health. Yeah. And, and, and this is like, a, I would say it's a low involvement product like soap, which is another strong category you're, uh, you're active in. And um, this was, by tradition, a product category which was 100% um, uh, uh, depending on the wholesale uh, um, retail market. So you shipped like big containers of uh, toothpaste and or, or soap to Walmart or to other retailers, to Aldi or to Rewe in Germany, and, and then they sold it for you. As, a, as it is a low-involvement product um, and people really don't, only differentiate like the the product by the by the taste of the product uh, um, um, I would have expected that most of those retailers would have developed their own toothpaste brand to get back a bit of the margin you are you are earning was it something that that happened over the last uh, decades um, yeah the, the... it could have happened to a certain degree otherwise you would have been out of business <laughs> <laughs> well uh Private labels have a role across all of our categories, but there are categories in which changing consumption habits is very difficult, and 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 uh, toothpaste is one of those. So uh, changing your toothpaste is not easy. Uh, the flavor, the mouth feel that you're accustomed to and you like is something that you want to maintain. So once you get into in, into the consumer and they start using your brand, switching is not easy. So that is an advantage. That uh, that toothpaste provides if you're able uh, to acquire that consumer. In soaps, it is slightly different. So switching soaps is easier, but uh, but taste, mouth feel is something that you get accustomed to, and you get into a habit, and and uh, and it's difficult to switch. So that has given us in that category uh, uh, an advantage versus versus private labels. So the participation of private labels in in the toothpaste cast category is is not high, even though. As you know, they are present in many retailers. And do you have um, in different regions different strong competitors? Because obviously, I'm living in Germany, and I remember like a very strong campaign from a brand called Elmex. Elmex is our brand too. We hold Elmex and Meridol. Yes. Okay, that's good. That's good. Absolutely. I re I remember this kind of there was like a huge advertising thing going it must be like in the 90s or early 2000s and there was like one toothpaste for the morning one for uh, for the evening so it was like kind of a different which makes sense obviously uh, uh, from from a hygiene 
from a hygiene perspective. But but for me, it felt like there must be like uh, there must be different flavors, different brands per per region. Is it, is this true? Are, uh, is there like a strong French uh, toothpaste brand you're uh, you're competing with, or, or is it different like in in Japan, for example? Yes, the flavors that people like are different, and so uh, the formulas differ across the world. And uh, and so yes, we do have different formulations. Uh, uh, the backbone and the and the technology behind the therapeutic benefits is the same and is consistent, and it's the best we have across the world, no matter where we sell. That the flavor and the mouthfeel can change because the tastes of con consumers change around the world. So yes, we, yes, we do have differences. If I would have um, uh, if I would have uh, joined a CPG conference like 10 years ago, discussing direct to consumer uh, with brands like Colgate, uh, uh, the universal answer would have been, "Ah, Alex, you know, Zero. it's no involvement. It's a low involvement <laughs> product. We are so happy. We have our partners, the drugstore partners, the retail partners. Uh, it does not make sense uh, sense to send out like uh, just a single toothpaste for like two dollars uh, and have all the packaging." effort for three dollars we would like to stay uh with our partners from the wholesale industry obviously this changed uh, uh um uh, a bit can can you can you um can you um, um help us understanding what has changed in the market in the last uh, I, I i i what has not changed is the importance of our partners and uh and 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 we continue to work with our partners because uh most of the of the brands that we sell are part of of a grocery shopping trip Uh, but of course, we understand that uh, reaching the consumer directly, being able to have first-party data, uh, and getting closer to that consumer is important for us. So, so absolutely, we we started having direct-to-consumer initiatives. Uh, we even have created brands that go direct-to-consumer. Uh, we have products that have have a higher price point and make a fulfillment directly to consumer feasible uh, in place. And so that is something that we're we're, we're rolling uh, across the world, and and so it is a balance. There's a portfolio that uh, that goes to retailers, and will continue to go to retailers, and even the e-retailers like uh, the Amazon, the Ocados, uh, the pure players around the world, the Chewies, the Zoopluses. But we have developed a portfolio that allows us to go directly to consumer, and uh, so that we can have that first-party data, and we can engage with them, understand their needs firsthand. And um, and it's a business that it's growing, but it's still a small percentage of our overall business. So so I'm not wrong if I assume that like direct to consumer uh, revenue share uh, in 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 your companies below five percent. So it's not like a, it's not like a major part of the business yet. It, it, it is small, but it is growing very fast. Um, and then. The first step into this direct-to-consumer business we have seen with other CPG brands, not by selling directly to consumers, but by handling Amazon operations. Because Amazon kind of uh, 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 said, you know, we don't want to do the retailer's job anymore. We allow you now to uh, upload your product photos and the text. You have to pay for it, obviously. Uh, um, uh, you, you can even have like a, a special agent from the Amazon site, which you have to pay for like 200k Uh, a year, and this was kind of the first time, uh, uh, at least what I have observed with other CPG brands, that uh, the the manufacturers really needed to think about um, uh, product data, uh, product pictures. Um, um, they had to think about better uh, keywords, meta tags, titles, how to describe products, uh, um, all the stuff that makes an Amazon A plus content 
looking much looking much better. So this must have happened within the last like five to six years, also in your company, right? Uh, absolutely, and uh, and and of course that forced us to uh, relook at our organization, uh, create the teams that are now making sure that all that information that you just uh, uh, described is is accurate, perfect. Uh, it is uploaded to the e-retailers and maintained adequately. Uh, and of course, then around that, all the capabilities to be able to make sure that we are advertising correctly in those players so that our product is always in the first page, because if you're not there, you will not get that click. So, so absolutely created a structure, uh, brought in people with the expertise uh, to manage that and, uh, and, and making sure that our shares and those e-retailers are as strong as our shares through uh, grocery uh, historically. So, so yeah, it, it, was, it has been a big change for us uh, and, and still learning. And uh, it is always a challenge and it's evolving very fast. And, uh, and so the Amazons and, and, and the omni-channel players now, which also have created their own e-com branches, uh, are, are forcing us to do things differently and uh, refocusing our resources to make sure that that digital shelf is as good as our physical shelf has been historically. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate a bit on on your direct direct to consumer brands or the experiments uh, uh, you have been running over the last years? I understand there's like a, a channel conflict if you like try to sell directly uh, your main toothpaste uh, um, toothpaste brands that, that usually leads to channel conflict externally and internally because you might have different uh, differently. Uh, um, incentivized teams on on that size, um, but you said already there are brands that are specifically that have been specifically created for direct to consumer business. Can, can you? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We create, uh, for example, we have a, a brand that's called Co. It's a very hip brand, uh, which has uh, toothpaste, electric toothbrushes, uh, which is only sold direct to consumer, and uh, that that we created. It doesn't uh, go uh, through retail yet. And, uh, and so we, we created the brand specifically to be able to start to learn around direct-to-consumer and have a differentiated proposition so that there wouldn't be direct competition with, with, uh, with, with, with the retailers. Uh, but again, if you look at history, there has always been an evolution of the retail environment. And somebody has come in with a different way of selling products. If you go Uh, 15, 20, 30 years ago when discounters, the Aldis of the world, uh, came in, that was a huge impact on how we sold products. And, uh, and, and, and that's when you get the traditional retailers saying, okay, so are you going to sell to those people? It is, it is the same conversation, but now with the digital players. And, and again, as a brand, we have to be present everywhere that somebody will shop us. And, uh, and, and, and we have to do it in a way that uh, we maintain strength across all the channels. And that is the, channel, the, the challenge that we have had historically. And it's no different to the challenge that we have today with the development of, of, of e-commerce, just another retail environment that is evolving very fast. So how do we make sure we compete appropriately? How do we make sure that we are uh, uh, fair and equitable with all our players? And that we provide the consumer the opportunity to shop wherever we decide and have access to our brands and buy them. I usually repeat this in like many episodes of the commerce talks um, and podcasts. There's like two main pillars of our thinking, or especially of my thinking, when it comes to e-commerce uh, um, strategy. 
the companies that will be successful in the future will be the companies with direct customer access and the companies uh, um, that are those are winning and the company that winning most are the ones that are um, moving the fastest so really uh, trying to bring all the new initiatives all the ideas uh, uh, into reality test and learn stop ideas that, that just don't work um, uh, excel ideas that 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 work uh, really good maybe like the CEO uh, um, brand um, this first main pillar owning direct customer access this is something i could find in the today colgate strategy uh, uh presentation or or is it not there yet well there's there and uh and uh and 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 we're starting to do that and that's that's part of the challenge we have but but as i said before our category is still uh shopped in a grocery shopping location so so acquiring the, those consumers and going directly to them Uh, can happen in some of our categories and 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 in some of our products, uh, uh, electric toothbrushes, uh, whitening devices. Those are things that uh, lend themselves to be uh, very effective in a direct-to-consumer environment. But uh, but others, it's going to be more difficult. So it is, it is a balance of 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 how do we acquire that first-party information? How do we leverage those categories, those products that uh, that work well there? And then with that information, make sure that we use it across all our channels because the other channels are not going to go away. Uh, when you look at the developing world, it's still uh, 40-50% is done for, through small mom and pops, uh, changarros, sarisaris uh, in Asia. So, so that is going to be around for a very, very long time. And so, uh, so how do we take that knowledge? How do we make sure we use it across all channels? so that our brands continue to be strong and our share continues to grow. And then that is the balance and that is what we're working and making sure we do successfully. You, you just mentioned whitening devices. So in another podcast, um, this was discussed as one of the examples where the most scam is happening in the influencer industry. Though I don't know, there was like every other week, there was like a whitening device uh, brand popping up and many influencers like holding the camera and say, if you want to have like S, As white teeth as mine, uh, please use um, this dev this device. Uh, obviously, um, quality and the way how it was sold was 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 rather scammy, but it it shows like how uh, um, how this kind of buying decision will be influenced in the future. So there's no alternative from my point of view for Colgate uh, to play around with this, with the same kind of. Um, marketing strategies so in and order to be successful on tiktok or instagram or whatever channel uh um, is is important in the region we are talking about uh, you must do it right absolutely and and we're doing it and uh and 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 as you know china's probably one of the most evolved e-commerce markets in the world and and there's where you see the tremendous power that influencers have in uh in uh And, and changing purchase decisions from the consumers, and so of course we we work with influencers and uh, and uh, and we use all the mechanisms that are evolving uh, to 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 reach the consumer and to change his 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 buying decisions. So so yeah, we and 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 as you said, uh, test and learn. Uh, uh, this is totally new for us, and as you said, totally new for many of the fast moving consumer goods companies. But uh, but we have to 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 learn. We have to try. Uh, we have to fail, and from those failures, learn and keep on moving, and 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 that's what we're doing globally. 
Okay, can can you can you describe a bit what your team looks like? So, how many people in Colgate are developing new D 2 C brands? Do do you have like an e commerce operation already? Is there a warehouse where you're really sending out uh, uh, merchandise to customers, or is it a third party doing this? Yeah, remember that uh, again. So, uh, very different levels of evolution of e commerce around the world. Uh, and so the, the, how we are structured around the world differs based on, on, on the level of evolution of e-commerce. Uh, so we go from highly sophisticated e-commerce markets like China, uh, now uh, North America, uh, in Europe, in some places growing fast, where we have uh, dedicated teams uh, around, around e-commerce, both from the commercial side and from the supply chain side. Uh, where we have segregated our supply chains because, as you said before, historically we have been a company that ships pallets and full trucks to retailers. Now we have to put units, uh, do last-mile fulfillment in many cases, and so that has forced us to create an alternative logistics structure that, uh, that allows us to do that. And, uh, and uh, we, we do it in both ways. Again, it varies by market. We can do it ourselves where we own the our warehouse and uh, and manage directly the people that are doing the fulfillment. In other places, we do it with third parties that are specialized. And anyway, it depends on, on the size of, of, uh, of the business. Uh, you have to reach a certain level and critical mass to be able to justify doing your own fulfillment. Uh, and until you reach that point, it is better to use a, a third party that does that for multiple brands and allows to share the fixed costs that uh, a direct-to-consumer unit picking operation has. So, so it, it, it varies. It varies by by country. Uh, what we have clear is that uh, how do we select a third party to do that for us? How do we measure a third party that is doing that for us? And how do we make sure that the service that this third party provides? is as good as if we were doing it ourselves because in the end, the fulfillment piece is absolutely critical for the consumer experience. So it is not how good is your website and how, how good and easy to use it is and how that experience is until you click the buy button, but also all the process until you receive the product, you open it, uh, that experience is as important as the whole interaction with your website. So let's maybe stay for a minute on the example of the CO brand because I just opened the website. Uh, um, and uh, if, if for the ones that are uh, that don't know what the CO brand is, there is a couple of very interesting uh, um, gadgets like the teeth whitening uh, kit, the brushing uh, um, um, kits, CO to go, to go uh, kit. Uh, we have obviously some uh, tooth, uh, toothbrush refill stuff. So the initial kits are above like one hundred dollar. So how long how long did it take um, in in the Colgate organization to uh, to decide on such an experiment or, or, or such a thing? So from idea to go to market, uh, what was it? Yeah, uh, 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 years. Probably a couple of years, at least, in uh, uh, from ideation to to execution. Uh, but uh, uh, which which which, uh, if, if you look historically, it's fast for us. Uh, and so so uh, speed has become uh, something that is critical for us. And uh, and especially in in the e-commerce environment, you have to be able to test things fast. And 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 that can mean a new product, uh, a new presentation, a new package. And, and so, so our organization has adjusted so that we can do that faster. 
Uh, we can uh, make volumes that are much, much smaller than what we used to do historically uh, and, and do that efficiently so that if it doesn't work, we can just scrap and move on to the next one. And if it works, then we can scale up rapidly, increase the volumes, increase the profitability, and, and, and make it a big business. So, so, so that, that ability is something that, uh, that, that, that we've had to put in place and, and it's key part of, 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 of our strategy and of our supply chain strategy. Uh, because being able to produce smaller values, being able to create a product and, and manufacture it much, much faster and in smaller quantities has been a change for us. And so we have segmented our supply chain and, uh, and, and we know that there are products that will be smart volumes initially. If they're successful, there will be big volumes. If they're unsuccessful, scrap and move to the next one. So now we have uh, the ability to segment our business and we have created specific supply chains that are very, very good at doing that so that we can support the fast-moving e-commerce environment. Yeah. So, so uh, and was, was, there, was there any hiccup like internally from like an, from a cultural perspective? Because it's another thing we are observing a lot in CPG environments that... Um, It's very hard sometimes to convince uh, uh, decision makers to go this kind of direct-to-consumer step because they are so afraid of shadow conflicts, which in many cases are the much bigger part of the of the project. It's eighty percent like internal explanation uh, why why you should do such a thing uh, instead of focusing on the product. Was it the same with Colgate? Uh, I don't think so. I think that our our senior management, our our CEO. Uh, is uh, a part part of, of the message has been look we have to be faster we have to be experimental we have to empower people to be able to act so so that ability to move fast uh, push decision making down has been critical in in the change in our culture to be able to be fast and uh, and and so uh, willing to experiment is something that he pushes and 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 he lives that so he allows for those things and he lets people make decisions and and move ahead. Uh, channel conflict has been around us for 200 years. So it was not new. If, if, if we had an issue with creating channel conflict, uh, we wouldn't be able to have the market shares that we have today and we, and be the company that we are today. So again, yeah, there were armies with armies has been channel conflict and, and we know how to manage it. And, 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 and we have the techniques and the tools to be able to, to manage it satisfactorily. So, so, uh, so again, it's just, as I say, Little channel, but a lot of what we had already experimented in our 200 years of being around, and so we know how to manage it, and we know how to do things so that so that everybody can compete, and our consumer, which in the end is our goal, can buy that product wherever he decides to buy his groceries, his toothpaste, his soap, his his pet food, uh, and all the categories in which we compete. The one other channel that I, I I I could think about is important from a sales perspective are the dentists um, because sometimes when I was at a dentist there was like a um, special recommendation for a product uh, usually he's uh, he's complaining about my 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 flossing discipline I would say uh, but but is it also a channel you're focusing on or are there special products on those channels or absolutely uh, professional recommendation is important for us, not only across our oral care category, but our, uh, across our skin health category and our pet nutrition category. And, uh, and, uh, and again, something that we've done historically very well 
and, and it is absolutely key for us. How do we engage with the profession? How do we present the profession with why our product has benefits that others don't have? And how do we gain recommendation of the profession is, is a key competency that, that, that we, we maintain and we work with. So we have relationships across the world with, with, with veterinarians, with dermatologists, with statisticians, with odontologists. And, and, and it is a key element of our go-to-market and our marketing strategy uh, because professional recommendation is very important in many of the categories in which we compete. The vet business is also important. So, do I have to uh, do I have to um, clean the teeth of my, my dog too? Is isn't? Uh, no, we we have a very big business uh, in in with with pets, heels, pet food, uh, and uh, very 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 strong in Europe, very strong North America, growing across the globe, and a category that uh, with with the pandemic grew exponentially. And so, yes, we have uh, probably the the best. Uh, uh, food uh, for, for your pet. Uh, and, and I can tell it personally, my, my pet uh, has always had hills and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and they, they, they live well and they live long. Ah, okay. I, di I didn't know that. So, so it's not food uh, which is specialized on teeth cleaning? No. Or it's, it's, it's it, oh. it, it is, it is it, the Hill Science Diet and Hills Prescription Diet is our brand. And, uh, and, uh, and, and yes, uh, it, is, it is a big business for us also. And, and very big in e-commerce. Uh, pet food is a category that is better suited for e-commerce because you buy big bags of, of dog food or cat food, uh, either cans or dry food. And so uh, it is more of a destination category. And so people do go in and buy specific brands, especially because once you start feeding your, your pet with a brand, it is not easy for them to change because it, it affects their whole uh, uh feeding habits and gastrointestinal uh, development. So, so yeah, so uh, very big and important business for us. Also very big in e-com. As vice president for uh, for global e-commerce, um, uh, you're not only responsible for direct-to-consumer initiatives, but also for all the new e-commerce players. And pet food, obviously, it will be Shui uh, in, in the US and in standard e-commerce, it's going to be Amazon. Oh, these are your partners. You have to Uh, uh, you uh, you have to um, um, uh, navigate through your daily uh, job. Is this correct? That that is correct. So so yeah, my responsibility is a, a supply chain. So engaging with those customers and making sure that our supply chains are efficient uh, is 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 what my my key objective is. So the teams around the world uh, in the supply chain are focused in supporting the commercial teams, and of course the the Chews, the Zoom Pluses. Uh, are as important uh, in, in, in in pet food business as as Amazon is and and and, uh, and as others are in in the rest of the category. So so yeah, the the, the pure players uh, in 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 pet uh, categories are are very very strong and they're key partners of us uh, globally. Now we are moving in some parts of the world in a yeah in a recession. Hopefully, it's not going to be a heavy and long lasting uh, recession. And um, they, those in those regions, customers start saving money for uh, for the products they really need. Um, from my understanding, most of the products you are selling, like soap, uh, toothpaste, all the all the stuff around this, these are products they need, right? They would rather save some money on a travel or a new car. And saving money on uh, to toothpaste is, is this correct? So obviously there will be an effect for everybody, but for your product categories, this kind of impact will be a little bit less, right? 
rest, uh, the, the impact is less. But as I always say, if we reach a point in which people stop brushing your teeth, then we're in real trouble. So, Sarah, so, uh, so, so yes, people will continue to brush their teeth. People will continue to use soap. What we do see is that sometimes they, they change from, from the premium product to maybe the not so premium product as, as, uh, the, the economy gets tough and people have their budgets affected. Uh, but the category itself uh, in volume usually sustains itself because people continue to brush their teeth and they continue with their habits. They continue to, to wash their bodies and their habits. They continue to feed their pets. And, and so, so those are categories that probably are the ones that are affected the last uh, on an economic turndown. Uh, but again, uh, depending on, on how bad it gets, there, there, it could be affected as, as people trade down without moving the category. Mm. And, and have you have you been experimenting around with other channels too? Though we have the wholesale channel, we have the online direct to consumer channel, but because you have such a wide assortment around uh, the, the hygiene in the hygiene sector, I, I I would assume you have experimented with pop up stores, for example, because there are so many different things you could present at a train station, for example, just to put a new brand to the market, for example, or to help the people to uh, to toothbrush much better than, than they did. H have you done stuff like this? We have better digitally, but not physically. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, so cardboard stores in, in marketplaces, uh, uh, with that, that, that event where, where you have all the Colgate products in, 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 in a single place. Uh, but physically, it's very difficult uh, because, because uh, as you say, Uh, our, our products are, are not uh, high, high value on an individual basis. And, and so making profitable a prop-up store uh, makes it very difficult, even if we, have, if we have multiple categories. And the level of penetration it would have is very small because the geographic coverage they would, they would achieve is, is small. So, so, so I don't think we've, we've, we've done that. Uh, but on, on the digital space, we have. And, and so, so, so in China... Uh, Uh, the uh, Colgate store uh, that that that's part of a marketplace, and people can go and see all the products uh, digitally. That makes it viable, and then and the reach that you get through that is much higher than what you would get on a physical doing it physically. So, so virtually, yes, pop up stores. Physically, no, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not financially viable. I I know it's not your core area of expertise, but uh, obviously, I grew up in a world where most of the toothbrush uh, tooth brush brands I saw um, have been promoted via TV um, to me. If, 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 uh, I'm not so sure if this is if this if this is um, 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 somewhere somewhere communicated from Colgate, but how is the split looking like today? Is it like 40% influencers showing new toothpaste <laughs> and uh, uh, um, uh, white whitening? Uh, no, no, no. Is it still TV? The, the, the investment in, in digital marketing has increased and it continues to increase. So yeah, absolutely. There has been a shift uh, out of uh, traditional advertising mediums to the new mediums of advertising because that's the way you reach the young consumer and the new consumer. So, so, so absolutely, there is a shift in strategy. There is more investment in, in, in the digital uh, advertising methods. And, uh, and that is happening around the world because clearly uh, we're, we're seeing that uh, people are watching less television and they're watching more uh, their, their, their TikToks, their Instagrams, uh, their YouTubes. And so you have to be present where the consumer is 
is is is present and 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 of course that forces us to shift uh, how we advertise and and that is happening all over the world and and one one um, one challenge uh, CPG, cpg brands are seeing when it comes to this online advertising channels is that bigger platforms like chewy and amazon uh, like zalando in uh, in the european markets they start charging more and more money just to show up a product on the top spot if you're like opening up a website today on amazon any category doesn't matter could be headphone could be toothbrush so the things you see are paid No, there's no organic. Uh, um, uh, there's no organic uh, ranking anymore. So I have to scroll down like quite a while until like the find the first organic, best rated product by uh, the customers. This is usually um, this is usually a complaint I'm hearing a lot from CPG brands. And then I usually say, you know, that's the same game the uh, the brick and mortar retailers are are playing. The, the brand that is like listed on top paid most the same game so what's your take on this i was wouldn't say exactly that look and as i said before it is the same world in a different environment so before what what was your advertising medium in a store your end of aisle and have a look at the price of an end of aisle 20 years ago to a, a price of an end of aisle today uh an island with a palette of your products so that's a, the teams on the store and the advertising that happened in store so, so and that channel had its own advertising mediums that, of course, we paid for. And so, in the digital in the digital world, it's exactly the same. What changes is the mechanism, but but the but the process is the same. You you need to advertise. You need to be there. You have to be on the top on the first page. So, what is the right balance, and how much are you willing to pay? Because, of course, in the end, everything has to be profitable. So, same conversation, same analysis that you did in brick and mortar, you now do it on on the digital shelf. So I'm not so familiar with brick and mortar terms. End of aisle seems to be the most expensive place, correct? It is, it is expensive. Or one of the islands, when you walk in the store yeah. and you see all those patterns of products, you, you're not there for free. So, so middle of aisle, lower shelf, that's a, that, that's the one that really cannot afford like... That rather, uh, well, in some cases, even that. If you want to be in the hot zone in the shelf, some charged for that others know you gained it based on your market share but but absolutely it's it's the same concept different mechanism okay and then a friend of mine and maybe that's the last part of this podcast a friend of mine uh, explained to me that um 99 of all the innovations from the dental industry when it comes to uh um, really like repairing teeth and all the stuff not not toothpaste but really what what happenings uh what what's happening with your teeth at the professional uh, uh dentists That's coming out of Germany because most of the literature is coming coming from here. Most of the professors, most of the innovation is is, is coming out of here. Uh, and as I'm not in a position where I, where I can say that's wrong, I just want to. I'm just searching for a second opinion. So can <laughs> that be the case? Have you heard about this before? <laughs> Look, I, I I know that there's uh, important uh, uh, research and uh, coming up part out of Germany and. Uh, And, uh, and 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 as as I told you before, uh, Gaba Meridol are brands that have been very strong in, in Germany for many many years, and and have been supportive with many many years with the research uh, that that uh, supports uh, the backbone and the technology behind those brands, and that comes all from 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 the Germanic region. So so uh, I'm sure. Uh, do I know exactly what is coming out recently? No. But but I do know that historically there has been research and the development of 
of, of Helmix Marital Brands and, and the benefits that they bring in the technology behind them came out of, of the Germanic region. Got it. That was a sensational, a sensational podcast, Josue. Uh, that was really um, enlightening me in uh, in some of this area. Now I know Elnex is not a German brand, so that that uh, the, the TV advertisements uh, made it believe for me that it's a German uh, brand. It's also part of your uh, group. Um, I'm, I hope you can look forward to another, another like 60 years of paying dividends. I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. <laughs> that is the objective. Uh, and, and, and I tried to buy some of the products uh, you were selling on the direct-to-consumer um, channels. Thank you. We should give them a try. They're, they're great products. And they're fun. 